Hello, everyone. Well, I think I'm recording. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ball Knowledge Podcast. As always, I am your host, Asman. Today is a special episode where we go through the summer of sport, as you can see in the title that's like up there, above the logo. Um, yeah, so well, obviously we took the summer off because of multiple reasons. I was on holiday, we had graduations to worry about, and we had university to go through. But we're back. Um, I'll start off by saying what was what's going to happen going through the season. We're going to change up the content a bit. So obviously this is new. We didn't. We haven't done this before, and I'm by myself only because Virgin Media's internet has been really crap recently, and it keeps dying whenever I try to video call MK. But regardless, um, so Aslam isn't on again. Aslam is focusing on our doc uh, documents channel where we already have a video up. I think it might be taken down by UEFA. I'm not sure, but we have another one coming out about Diego Maradona and the 86 World Cup and his legacy and it's brilliant I think from what I've heard um, I did do the voiceovers for it and the script is hilarious full credit to Aslam he's great when it comes to writing scripts um, other than that basically what we're going to do going forward instead of doing a weekly football show when we started filming last week on an episode that we lost because of my internet what we did was we went through all the first three games of the season and we figured that we had a lot more to talk about at the end of every month or we would have more to talk about at the end of every month than weekly so we'll do a monthly football show or monthly sports show where we'll go through all the big news new big sports news stories of the month basically which i think is a great idea we will be replacing our weekly shows with a new weekly show that i thought of well, during the height of the summer transfer window, MK was freaking out about Manchester United. So I asked him, MK, what is your five-year plan for Manchester United? And it gave me a great idea. We're going to make a show called The Five-Year Plan. And I'll invite multiple different people on every week. Oh, I'll invite one person each week. And we'll go through their team. And they'll give us their five-year plan for their team going forward in the future. MK will be the first one up with Manchester United. Hopefully, Krishan, we can find some time to get him on. But I think he, at the moment, he's a bit indisposed. Uh, I believe I can get Crystal Palace fan, or Tottenham fan, and other Man United fan, other Arsenal fan, Liverpool fans. We'll see. I think it's a great idea. I don't think anyone's done it. We'll call it the five-year plan. So look out for that. Anyway, this episode. So we did take the summer off. So I figured I'll go through football, basketball, and whatever else I can think of to go through the summer. And we'll see where we get where it takes us. I've I've compiled a lot of news. I did some research for you lot, so hopefully you like this episode. We'll start off with football. Now it was very long. It wasn't very long, even summer of football. After the Champions League final ended on the first of June, roughly, there was a month off before preseason started. We saw Ten Hag get his first win against Liverpool, which was a preseason game. And then his first win at Manchester United in the Premier League was against Liverpool. So hopefully his first win in the FA Cup isn't against Liverpool or the Carabao Cup. Um, but we'll go through all the big football news stories. We'll start off on home soil. England women beat Germany women in the Euro final at Wembley. It was incredible scenes. I Although I wasn't supporting England. Um, I know I've, the country fucking loved it. It's a great step forward for England because now they can look towards winning the Euro, the World Cup 
I think they've got a great team. I know Jill Scott and others retired, but they do have a good foundation. They've got a great manager. Um, other than that, we'll move on. The current Premier League table. Now, the Premier League has been going on for five games now. And let me get the table up on my phone because I completely forgot that was part of the notes for this episode. But that's fine because today is also transfer deadline day and there's a lot of transfer news to get through. Such as Liverpool signing Arthur from Juventus on loan. There was rumours about Leicester going for Marcelo but that's been shot down. No surprise there. Anyway, start of this. So, Premier League season so far. Arsenal are top with a 100% record. Five wins out of five. 15 points, nine goal difference. They've been incredible this season. And they they look like they've put a lot of effort in, which you can tell. Now, um, before we can judge Arsenal or even call them title contenders, we have to wait until European football starts, which does start next week, which is very exciting. And I will go through the, the European group stages next. Don't you worry, everyone. Anyway, Arsenal are top of the league. Followed by Manchester City on 13 points, dropping points away at Newcastle in an incredible 3-3 game. Tottenham a third on 11 points. Brighton and Hove Albion did lose their first game this week. But they are fourth on 10 points. Liverpool found form after poor start to the season, drawing at Fulham and then drawing at home to Crystal Palace, eventually losing to Manchester United at Old Trafford. Smashed Bournemouth 9-0 on Saturday and last night, an incredible comeback victory against Newcastle in the 97th minute. Fabio Carvelio, the beautiful youngster himself, scoring the winner. Jordan Anderson is now injured, which then led to us pushing for Arthur, as I mentioned before. I'm very excited to see what happens. I'm excited for more players to come back from injury. I know Matip is back, which means I think Joe Gomez will be weaned back a bit. Konate, I can't wait for him to come back. He's an incredible centre-back. And I think once we have a full-strength squad, we can... we. I think that's when you start judging Liverpool on the results. I don't think I think it's way too early now. I this oh, thirty three games left in the season, so we'll see. Sixth place, Leeds United, and eight points, followed by Fulham also on eight points. Mitrovic has been great for Fulham this season. Bloody brilliant! Everyone's <laughs> I was one of the doubters. MK said I think he thinks he'd do good. But he's been doing great. Southampton and Chelsea follow in 8th and ninth, both on 7 points. Southampton did just beat Chelsea. There was an incredible... There are two youngsters that they got from Manchester City that they just signed on full. They were brilliant against Chelsea. Chelsea have been a bit iffy. Now, we, I did say um, in the predictions episode, I think we did upload that, that um, it's going to be difficult to judge Chelsea this season because they've given up great big pieces, but they did sign big players like Sterling Kulabali, they did lose Rudiger. Um, they do have injuries in the midfield, just like Liverpool. They did now, I believe, they've signed Aubameyang. They did send Marcus Alonso the other way, but Aubameyang will do great at Chelsea, I think, because they need an out-and-out striker. As much as I love Brozier, and I thought he was great last season for Southampton, I don't. I didn't think he was going to be Chelsea's main man up front this season. They couldn't play Havertz there, because Havertz not an out-and-out striker, but Aubameyang will do great in Chelsea. Because he'll just be there in the middle. Him, Sterling, both have pace. Whoever plays alongside them, they'll be basey as well, I'm assuming. Reese James as well. Aubameyang can get through the spaces, get next to the goal. Reese James has a brilliant cross on him. It should be very interesting to see how Aubameyang plays there. Fulham, I mentioned before, have just signed Willian. 
from I can't remember who from but he did um terminate his contract that will be very very interesting to see I think he'll play on the right I'm not too sure it's either Pereira or whoever plays on the right for Fulham that's going to be dropped and he'll play alongside Mitrovic um then after Chelsea, 6 points, 10th, 11, 12. Brentford, who had a great start to the season, sort of faltered since then, but that's fine. Newcastle, who um, they've won once at the start of the league. They've drawn three games since, and they lost last night. I don't think it's time to panic. I think they're just finding their stride. Isak, though, will be a game-changer for them. Last night, Eddie Howe made a few iffy changes. He dropped Shaw and um, Botman. Which I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because he saw something in the other centre-backs. Maybe Dan Byrne. He did well against Salah up until the two goals, I think. But he's a bit too physical for the game. For specifically for a Liverpool game. Because you know Salah's going to get fouled. He he goes down easily. But you can't just like back into him and grab him off that often. Because he will get fouled. And that's me as a Liverpool fan saying that. Uh, Crystal Palace are, on 13th, are in 13th of five points. They've... They've dropped points in games where they shouldn't have. Which is the same thing we said last season. The Brentford game this week. Vieira, I guess, once the goal when Zaha's goal went in, sort of wanted to kill the game. Which I don't understand why. It didn't make any sense. You'd made too many substitutions. You should have killed the game with goals. Because you were you had the momentum. Then Wiesa came. Wiesa's been very clutch for Brentford the past two seasons. It's very fun to watch. West Ham. They got their first win at the weekend against Aston Villa. And they took Tottenham last night 1-1 at the Olympic Stadium. Uh, then West Ham and Nottingham Forest in 14th-15th both informed. Forest beat, did beat West Ham. They've been weird since. They've got one win, one draw, three losses. They did get smashed by City 6-0 last night. I'm very excited to see what Forest do. We did talk about it in the predictions episode. I'm happy that they're not in the relegation zone at this top part of the season. But going forward, 20 signings they've made this season. Which is a fucking ridiculous number. But we will see how it goes for them. Then 16th place on 4 points is Bournemouth. I don't understand why Bournemouth sacked Scott Parker. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a ridiculous move. They did win their opening game of the season, but then lost three in a row against Arsenal, Manchester City, and Liverpool. You don't sack a manager after that. They did draw a home against Wolves last night, which is a point, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Uh, Everton are in 17th. They haven't won a game, but they've got three draws, two losses. Uh, Wolves in the relegations up with that. Only behind Everton in alphabetical order because they've both got minus two goal difference. And in Villa, sitting 19th on three points. They've won a game, which was the Everton game, but Gerard then lost four other games, including a Bournemouth game. And then sitting bottom of the league, Leicester. Now, I did say last season or the season before that Brent, not the season before, I did say last season that Brendan Rodgers deserved to get sacked. And everyone told me, oh, no, but he just won the FA Cup. He wasn't good enough last season. He's not good enough this season. It doesn't make sense that they still have this man. It doesn't make sense to me. But if Leicester want to go down, they can go down. I don't really give a shit. But Brandon Rodgers shouldn't be their manager. Brandon Rodgers should not be their manager. Um. All right. We'll move on before I go on a rant about how much I hate Brendan Rodgers. 
the Champions League group stages start next week, along with the Europa League and the Conference League. Now, the Champions League groups, I think there's some interesting matches, but overall it's kind of crap. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You can you can sort of guess who's going through in each group, but it it might, I don't know, it, I, hopefully it's interesting. Group A is one that I find particularly fun. Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli and Rangers which is football heritage and it's going to be interesting especially Liverpool going up to the Ibrox because Rangers last season we talked about their atmosphere at home really helped them along their Europa League journey this is going to be very interesting I think Ibrox will be bouncing for that match specifically but that's a great draw for all four teams I think anyone could get through it will go down to who plays better on each match there Group B sees Porto, Atletico Madrid, Leverkusen, and Club Bruges. I'm assuming Atletico and Porto are going to go through. Leverkusen, it'll be pretty much that order. Just I think Atletico finished top of the group. Uh, group C, <laughs> Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Inter Milan, and Vitoria Pleasant. Barcelona should technically go through. Inter Milan haven't been good this season. They did lose 3-1 to Napoli a few weeks ago. I think they lost to Lazio as well. I might be getting Lazio and Napoli mixed up. Please don't cover me, Italians, please. I'm sorry. But it should be Bayern Munich and Barcelona going through. Barcelona have, put too much, have spent too much money and have invested too much to not get through in the Champions League group stage and to drop down into Europa League again. Poor Vittoria Pleasant, though. I hope they do well. I hope they don't just get smashed in every game. Hopefully they score one. Group D is interesting. Frankfurt, the Europa League winners. Tottenham, Sporting Lisbon and Marseille. Now, we would say, oh yeah, Tottenham, go for... It's not an easy group for any of them. Especially travelling to Marseille. Travelling to Marseille is going to be difficult because the Marseille ultras are crazy as fuck. Can Tottenham go for... I think they will go for... I don't see Frankfurt going through though. As much as I respect the fact that they won the Europa League last year... I can't give. I can't just look over the fact that they finished 14th or 16th in the league, and they did lose a few pieces over the summer. I think Jokic uh, went to um, Jovic went to Juve, I believe. Uh, but I think I f- my my th- belief is that Tottenham will go through with Marseille, Frankfurt third, and Sporting third, fourth. Sadly, Ch- Chelsea Group E. With AC Milan, Salzburg, and Dynamo Zagreb, that should be the order. It goes through Chelsea, Milan, Salzburg, Zagreb. But again, we can't judge Chelsea. They could come second. I don't expect them to drop down into the Europa League, though. I don't think they lose to Salzburg or Dynamo Zagreb. If they do, then good luck to Tuchel. Although I do think he's getting sacked or leaving. Um, Group F. Real Madrid, Leipzig, Shakhtar, and Celtic. I expect Madrid to finish top of that group with Leipzig second, Celtic third, and Shakhtar fourth. I think Celtic absolutely love, love the Real Madrid draw. Travelling to the Bernabeu should be a great away game for them. Uh, Group G sees Manchester City, Sevilla, Dortmund, and Copenhagen. It should be City and Dortmund going through. City should get through quite easily, I think. Uh, Sevilla fourth, third. They'll drop down to Europa League. They're Europa League specialists at that point then. And in Copenhagen, fourth. And then finally, Group H. 
PSG, Juve, Benfica and Maccabi Haifa from Israel. And PSG, Juve, Benfica, Maccabi is the order they were drawn out is the order that they will finish. <laughs> Unless Juve shocks some people with how bad they are. Then Juve dropped down to Europa League. That would be hilarious. Um, anyway, Europa League, I'll go through the Arsenal and Manchester United groups. Only because I don't think anyone cares about the rest of them, as Aslan would tell me. Um, that's the wrong season. Why do Google not have the updated seasons? No, that's 21-22. I had to check the right 20th. I, I should have been prepared for this. I do apologize. I completely forgot I was supposed to look them up. <laughs> uh, Ethan Ampadu has joined Spezia on loan from Chelsea. Sheffield United are close to signing Ismail Kone. Wow. Should be, uh, the championship in the in League One this season. Keep an eye out for it. Azam will kill me if he has this. If if, if Azam was here, he'd be like, no sharp, no sharp. The those leagues are dead. Those leagues are dead. It might not be up to Premier League standard, but some of the football is fucking hilarious, and the stories are great too. Anyways, Europa League draw sees Arsenal facing. If I could for Arsenal in Group A with PSV, Bodo Glimp and Zurich. Manchester United in Group E with Real Sociedad, Sheriff and Omonoi... Fucking hell, I'm going to butcher this name. Omonoia <laughs> from... I don't know. That was horrible. Someone is going to clip that and make me look like a fucking idiot. So that's going to be hilarious. I probably as he's gonna fucking take that and put it on TikTok or something and I'm gonna look like a dickhead. <laughs> oh, West Ham's group for the uh UEFA Conference League. Not that anyone really watches the conference league. I think I watched the final. Roma won it, I believe. Yeah, Roma did win it, didn't they? Uh let's see, who did West Ham get? Um that's just match days. Give me the group stages. There you go. Let's go West Ham. I mean, not let's go West. I mean, West Ham winning it would be pretty cool. Yeah, no, I can't find anywhere. But I'm sure they would love it. <laughs> I'll just go through the fixtures. Um, West Ham versus FCSB. I believe they're a Romanian team. Andelect and Silkeborg. Yeah. Say that three times and someone show up behind you in the mirror. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Um, Idrissa Garnagay is officially signed back with Everton. I think... I don't know who else Everton are going for. Uh, Liverpool were going for a late Douglas Louise bid, but apparently he just wants to go to Arsenal. Villa aren't looking to sell him though, but it should be interesting. Anyways... Some of the biggest transfers of the summer that we didn't go through. Uh, I mean, we kind of went through it in the predictions one. But you've, we've got Erling Haaland to Manchester City for £54 million. Tushan Mini to Real Madrid for £72 million. Liverpool were after him, but that was not never going to happen. Uh, but Liverpool did sign Darwin Nunes. 
Now, he did get sent off against Palace, but he did get a goal and assist against Fulham. So it should be interesting when he comes back on Saturday against Everton, which I'm very much looking forward to. I hope he fucks up Everton. <laughs> if he gets sent off, it would be hilarious. <laughs> I really hope he scores. Uh, Casemiro to Manchester United happened. Also, Anthony to Manchester United has happened. And Latoro Martinez. I think Martinez has been great. Everyone got onto him after the Brentford game. Oh, he's too short. He's not going to fit in the Premier League. I think he's been great. He did two really fucking great shifts against Liverpool and Southampton. He's probably the best defender at the moment, which is a lot to say for Manchester United because they've got Aaron Maguire sitting on the bench. 18 million, man. Um, uh, Isak to Newcastle, as I mentioned before. Delit and Mane both went to Bayern Munich. Now, Bayern Munich looked like great contenders for the Champions League now. They really strengthened their squad over the summer. They did lose out on Lewandowski, who went to Bayern, to Barcelona. But I think that they really found something new. They drew at the weekend to Borussia Mönchengladbach. But they usually struggle against Mönchengladbach. Jan Sommer, though, deserves a shout-out. 19 saves, Bundesliga record. Only like one goal. Ridiculous. Any other keeper would be 4-5-0 in the first half. Um, Sterling to Chelsea, as we talked about, and Koulibaly to Chelsea. And then Lukaku to Inter Milan on loan. Now, my expectations for the rest of the season. Um, Liverpool will get better. Manchester United will get better. If MK was here, I'm sure he'd, he'd go on a run about how Liverpool lost to Manchester United and I shouldn't have any hope for Liverpool, which he has been doing in the group chat. But that's fine. Um, I I still expect us to win the league. It might be a long shot. At the, it might look like a long shot at the moment, but I do believe we'll win the league. There's 33 games. There's, you never know what's going to happen. There is a World Cup in between, which I fucking can't stand. I also can't stand the fact that the Nations League is still happening. There's three more match days. Yeah, three more match days until the international break. I don't understand why there's Nations League. There's no point to a Nations League this late in the year. If there's a World Cup coming up, don't add the Nations League in. It's just more for the players to do. The Nations League shouldn't even exist in the first place. It's a stupid concept by UEFA. No other com- no other um, footballing body has a competition like that, which means nothing. It does mean nothing. You don't get into Euros easier. You don't get to the World Cup. It means nothing. It's just a money grab. It's stupid. I hate the Nations League. I hate the Nations League. I hate international. I just don't like international football. A lot of people will get onto me for the by constant international football. I'm a club football fan. I love watching Liverpool. I love watching club football. I can't be bothered to sit down and watch international football. There's like five good teams, and sometimes they lose, and you're like, oh, okay, it's kind of funny, but then they just win the next game, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, they're back to normal. I mean, you could say that about Manchester City, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens in the Carabao Cup. A lot of people don't really like the Carabao Cup. Liverpool have Derby in the first game. I think Manchester United got Villa at home. So it'll be interesting to see what um, Ten Hag does if he plays a weekend side with youngsters or if he just goes full-strength Manchester United squad because I think he's found his squad now. Other than, like, fitting in Casemiro, Anthony... Ronaldo, Maguire, all of these players. You have to... I think at this point, Manchester United, the players have to give up their ego. I don't know if they had an ego problem under Ole. They might have. But I think at this point in time, with Ten Hag as their manager, they have to fix their egos. 
If you get dropped, you get dropped. There's no point sitting on the bench and being pissy about it. You had to fight for the team. Which is the same thing with MK would say. It's a, it's a problem that PSG had. It's a problem Manchester United are going to have. When you sign big players for big money, they're going to have an inflated ego. And they're going to say, okay, but I'm worth this much more than him. Why is he playing ahead of me? You have to sit back. You have to do what's the best what's best for the fucking team, effectively. Um, anyways, moving on. Basketball, NBA. The NBA Finals happened. We, I think we talked about it. Golden State Warriors beat the Boston Celtics, and they have another ring. I don't think they're technically a super team, but you can call them a super team if you want to. MK, MK throws around the super team term. Don't listen to MK. MK is delusional. Um, Jokic won MVP. I think we did talk about this. It was a bit of an iffy decision. But then we talked about the um, NBA first team and how that's kind of stupid. Uh, anyway, some I've got three big trades that did happen over the summer. Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves happened quite early on in the off-season. Five first-round picks between 2023 and 2029. Beasley, Beverly, Vanderbilt, Balmaro, and Kessler all went the other way. <clears throat> then Pat Bev got traded to the Lakers, which was a shock to fucking everyone. But this means apparently Russell Westbrook wants it wants out now. I'm not surprised by that, but a lot of people thought Westbrook was the Lakers' best player last year. But I I don't see it. I I don't know what's gonna happen. There's a lot of inflated egos. Fucking KD was about KD spent four or five months of the offseason saying how he wants to leave the Nets and how he doesn't want to work with um, Steve Nash or whatever. And then he just changed his mind. Just recently. He's just like, oh, fuck it, I'll just stay at the Nets. What's your fucking problem? If you're going to stay at the Nets, just stay at the Nets. Why are you trying to force your way out? No one's going to trade for you. You're trying... The Nets would want Devin Booker level trade to happen. They'd want Devin Booker and other uh, fucking MVP caliber players or um, all-star players to go back to take over from KD's role. No one's going to give that to you. The, the Suns could have gave you Aiton, but you wouldn't have wanted that. You just wanted fucking Devin Booker. So, you know, stop being a pretty bitch. Just fucking play. <laughs> I can't say that. I don't get it. It's, it's, I don't get it. If you want you you committed yourself to the Nets. You said that you want to play with the Nets. You fought to get James Harden, that didn't work. Now Kyrie's there, Ben Simmons is there now. You've got a decent team around you. You just have to play smarter. Besides, you weren't even in the MVP talks last year. Put up fucking numbers. Sorry about that, I went off fucking <laughs> I went on the tangent there. Uh and then Christian Wood from the Rockets to the Mavericks, Boban, Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, Sterling Brown, Wendell Moore all went the other way. It's depth for the Rockets, really. I don't expect all of them to stay at the Rockets for the season, but we'll see. Uh, Christian Woods though, adds something great to the Mavs. The Luca does need help. I think that would be great help for him. Uh, NFL. NFL season starts next Thursday. Preseason is over, finally. I w maybe I'll have a prediction video soon. We'll see. I don't know. As I don't think Asim will be on it, but maybe Miles. We'll see. Uh, Brady retired at the start of the off season, and then he untired, and then he went MIA for eleven days. 
on the box and everyone was freaking out like oh my god where's Tom Brady gone where's Tom Brady gone and the reason he said he was just I'm old really he's just old he can't I, he'll he'll keep playing as much as I can make fun of him for him saying oh, I'm 44 years old how can you expect me to play or, or be here for the entirety of preseason I've got other stuff to do he's old he just let him rest let him rest for preseason you don't have to bring him out for training you know Tom Brady's going to do what Tom Brady's going to do he show up day one. he fuck shit up. And he'll win a Super Bowl at the end of it. <laughs> yes, Tom Brady. Um, other big news. There was a crazy extension royale for wide receivers. Uh, it all started with Trey McLaurin from the Washington Commanders. That's a f- shit name. It all started with him. He got a crazy extension. And then it happened. It went on and on and on. And then... DK Metcalf from Seattle got a crazy extension. I think he's the most paid wide receiver in history. Or is the biggest extension for a wide receiver in history. This led to Debo Samuel saying that he wants out of the 49ers. Now, I don't know the actual reason. I'm sure no one knows the actual reason other than like Odell Beckham Jr., maybe Debo's agent. His brother as well was all over Facebook saying, oh, fucking Debo this, Debo that, Debo wants out. He signed an extension at the end. He will play for the 49ers this season, as I expected. I didn't expect us to trade him. I didn't expect him to leave. He does deserve the money. Now, I don't know how much money he is. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he deserves the money. He played two roles for us last season. He was a running back. He was a wide receiver. He was our best player on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. There was no way he didn't deserve to get paid this season. I know Nick Bosa didn't get paid uh, in only because Debo Samuel got paid but Nick Bosa will get paid next season which is fine but Debo Samuel I think is our most important player going into this season um, I can't wait to see how he plays with Trey I can't wait to see how he plays alongside Ayuk and I can't wait to see how Shanahan has changed the offense this season to fit Debo Samuel's new role should be a very interesting season for the 49ers I hope I hope it's not another fucking injury season I hate those seasons the season after the Super Bowl was just fucking injuries everywhere. Last season we got to the NFC Championship game, but the Rams just wanted a lot more than we did. They knew if they didn't win, the people would start asking questions. You spent all this money, you gave all the draft picks up, and you didn't win. Aaron Donald took it upon himself. Those the final two 49ers drives, if Aaron Donald's not there, the 49ers probably might have won. But Aaron Donald was there, and he changed the fucking game. I don't understand how he wasn't top of the NFL 100, though. I know it was voted by other players. Tom Brady did not deserve to be number one. Aaron Donald deserved that spot, and I hate saying that as a 49ers fan. Also, Trent Williams was 14th. That's fucking bullshit. Trent Williams had, like, the best season of an offensive lineman. That's fucking ridiculous. 14th. You're taking the piss, NFL. You're taking the fucking piss. Um, regardless. Biggest trades of the offseason. Deshaun Watson has found his way out of Texans and he's the starting quarterback of the Browns. Now, there was the issue around his status of playing this season because of his lawsuits. They all... He settled all those lawsuits. The NFL then gave him a six-game ban. No one liked that. That was way too short. It was like 30-something lawsuits. How the hell did he already get a six-game ban? Then there was talks about him getting a year ban or an indefinite ban. Ended up getting 11 games. Which means he comes back 
to play the Texans in week 12 in Houston, which is ridiculous. How the fuck did he not get an, an indefinite ban? Garrett got an indefinite ban for swinging a helmet. I guess that's assault, but this man had 30 lawsuits against him. Not judging both of them, of the what happened, but it's 11 games. Buddy Calvin Ridley, I believe it is, when he was injured, he gambled on a Falcons game and he got banned for an entire season. So gambling is worse than all the lawsuits that Deshaun Watson got. Ridiculous. Uh, right at the start of the offseason, Russell Wilson went to the Broncos. The Broncos mean fucking business. Uh, Tyreek Hill went to Miami Dolphins. Khalil Mack to the LA Chargers, which I think fix, fixes the Chargers' defense, the run defense. We talked about it last season, I think, in was it the Oakland game, I believe, the Oakland playoff game. That the... Um, what's it called? The fucking Chargers run defense just wasn't there. It wasn't there at the end of the game. But Khalil Mack, he's a fucking beast. I can't wait to see him on the Chargers. I like the look of the Chargers this season. Uh, Devontae Adams to the Vegas Raiders. He's playing alongside his college quarterback, Derek Carr. That should be interesting to see. They've got great chemistry between the two of them. It might be one of the best wide receiver quarterback duos in the league this season. We'll see. Uh, Matt Ryan left the Atlanta Falcons and went to Indianapolis. Uh, Carson Wentz, after a season in Indy and the ending that they had with the whole Jaguars game, he finds his next destination in Washington. I feel so bad for him, but he's got a decent team around him. I don't expect them to do anything because it is Washington. Did you know they were selling preseason game tickets for $1? That, to me, is fucking hilarious. Um, Hollywood, Marquise Brown to the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's great for them because, um, what's the name, Hopkins is out for six games with um, uh, drug suspension. Then Matt Corral, the Panthers drafted him early on in the draft. Out for the season with a less frank injury in his foot. Which then prompted... Oh, no, it didn't prompt. It, before that, Baker Mayfield to the Panthers. He's playing week one against the Browns. And he said he's going to fuck them up. Don't talk beforehand, please. Please, you should have learned. Do you not remember the whole, I woke up feeling dangerous today. And then you threw three ints. Fuck off. And then Von Miller to the Bills is going to be very interesting. Next Thursday, game one of the NFL season... The LA Rams against the Bills. Cannot wait for that. Uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be a very interesting thing looking forward to this season. Because uh, he hasn't got his contract extension. Kyler Murray did get a contract extension after his deleting all Instagram posts about Arizona. And trying to get his way out. He did get a contract extension. He got a mighty contract extension. Lamar Jackson hasn't though. Which is very interesting. And he said, I think roughly something along the lines of if by week eight I don't have a contract, I'm going to sit out the rest of the season. I don't blame him. He deserves to get paid. He's a fucking great quarterback. Great on his feet. He's got a great arm. I think the only thing that you can really fault him on is accuracy or something. But then sometimes it's down to wide receivers. Lamar Jackson is fucking great. He is going to be Baltimore's quarterback for years to come. And finally, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, all, all off season we know that he's... Um, I mean, last season we talked about it. We didn't think he was going to be starting quarterback 49ers next season or the upcoming season. 
He's not. Trey Lance is the first. It's the quarterback now. Then the questions were asking, what the 49ers do with Jimmy? Do they cut him? Do they release him? Do they trade him? But he had no trade clause. They looked for trades. There were some offers from like Carolina or the Browns or whatever. The 49ers didn't take it. Now, what happened was the 49ers have restructured his contract. He signed a year contract. He'll leave next season as a free agent, but he will be Trey's backup. A lot of people hated this idea. I guess because they thought, oh, we could have got something out of Jimmy. I, for one, believe it's a great decision. And I'll, I'll let you know why. Jimmy Garoppolo has won two quarterbacks as a backup. Two quarterbacks? <laughs> Fuck off. Jimmy Garoppolo has won two Super Bowls as a backup. Two Super Bowls. Now, I'm not saying he's got some kind of weird judge that gets him Super Bowls as a backup. But he... he at the, as 49's quarterback, he can win. He does win. He wins games. Now, Trey, Trey this season, we're going to put a lot of trust in him. I don't see him being benched for Jimmy at any point this season. But having Jimmy alongside him, a man who can win games, is going to be fucking great. I love, the, I love it. Trey, number one. Jimmy, number two. And then Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, number three. I say Mr. Irrelevant not because I think he's fucking useless, only because he's the last person drafted in the draft. That's something if you didn't know. The final person drafted in the draft is called Mr. Irrelevant. That was Brock Purdy, and he looked fucking great in preseason. I cannot wait for him to carry on with us. Um, finishing up, Asia Cup is on at the moment. India did beat Pakistan the other day. Uh, if Pakistan beat Hong Kong tomorrow... They will face India again on Sunday. The Asia Cup is a really fucking weird format. It's like you play you play the people in your group once, and then you the top four go forward to face each other, like twice I think or once each, and then there's the final, which is a weird concept to me. Unless it's like a league table or something. But I think if India, if Pakistan beat Hong Kong tomorrow. Then Sunday will be India vs Pakistan again. I just, I'm not looking forward to it. Do you know, Afghanistan looked really fucking good though. I'm very much enjoying watching Afghanistan play cricket. <laughs> they did beat Bangladesh and they beat Sri Lanka. They beat Sri Lanka quite easily. It was like 10 wickets or something. Oh, there was 7 wickets, but they didn't in 10 overs. Which is ridiculous. But yeah. Uh, in the rugby at the weekend. I don't know if anyone watches rugby, but... Argentina beat New Zealand in New Zealand which is hilarious I mean it's weird New Zealand and summer have been really weird they lost to Ireland early on um but yeah um what else is happening tennis the US Open is happening at the moment Emma Raducanu lost in the first round what the fuck um, Serena Williams is playing doubles with Venus Williams at the moment. Serena Williams is going to retire. She will retire, I think, as arguably the greatest f- um, women tennis player of all time. I think that goes without saying, in my opinion. But full respect to her. She she did it while she she did play tennis while she was pregnant. She came back. She looked great. She won a few titles afterwards. She beforehand she was just so dominant, so dominant. I don't think anyone could fault her game. She was so great. It, it would be sad to see her go because I grew up watching Serena Williams, but 
I've nothing but respect for her. I do think she's the greatest female athlete of all time. Of all time. Um, other than that, no other transfer news. This sort of was a mess, but I, it was fun. It was fun. Anyways, thank you everyone for watching. Hopefully we'll be back tomorrow or Saturday with the five-year plan whenever I can fit um, or schedule a time with MK. Uh, after that, we'll see who comes on. Maybe I'll do an episode by myself. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for watching. We'll be back at the end of September with September of Sport. Um, yeah, thank you very much. And have a fucking great time. Peace out.